Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary VTW, void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jones. Bowden. He's got it. England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins. Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four. England have won the match. Hello, the analyst inside cricket here, Simon Hughes and Simon Mann. After two days of the Royal Pindi test match, normality restored a little bit more because there wasn't the mad run rate in the second half of the day that we'd seen in the first half of the day and on the first day. Pakistan 181 for no wicket, but a more sedate four and over compared to 6.5 and over, which England rattled along at. A world record in Test cricket in a completed innings. 657 plays 181 for no wicket. What's that? 830 runs so far. It's got a draw written all over it, hasn't it, Simon? Well, it feels like it. You've got to be careful, haven't you, in cricket matches? Because you're only, well, you're, you're 30 balls from the end of the game, aren't you, in, in theory? That, that, that's the thing. Things can speed up, but it's really got that feel about it. Not least, yours because it's, it's basically a four-day test match. Because every day we lose 13 overs, 15 overs, something like that. And if you add that, you know, five times that, you, you know, you're, you're almost on a day's play, aren't you? You're losing a day's play. You, 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 you tried to make up a bit of time. You had 77 overs today, 75 overs yesterday. The light situation means, you know, it's not going to be easy. Flat pitch, short game. It's not, and, and also probably not the, the two not our strongest bowling attacks in the world. It's not easy to, to get a result. So, yeah, I mean, everything, all roads point to draw at the moment. But, we've, you know, we've had cricket matches that have surprised us in the past. And will continue to surprise us in the future. It's that pitch, isn't it? I mean, someone needs to dig it up and chuck it over the back of the stand or something and or do well, something that, with it. That's absolutely right. Because, in fact, I, I was talking to my son about this. So he's been sort of watching the game while supposedly working. And, you know, he said, why, why do they bother with pitches like that? And I said, well, you know, Pakistan, uh, they have something like nearly 50% of their test matches are draws. And England have had 18 draws in Pakistan, I think you said. So... Yeah. 
why do they bother? <laughs> and it is a good question, really. I mean, it's supposed to, cricket is supposed to have a result at the end. And I know a draw technically is a result in cricket, but it's not really very satisfying unless you have, you know, the 10th wicket stand surviving for 12 overs and keeping your... Uh, your your pride intact by managing to stave off defeat. That's when a draw is quite good. But otherwise, a draw is pointless. Yeah, I I, I agree. Why why do you make a pitch like this? I mean, there there are, there are all sorts of reasons why teams do it. Sometimes it's out of fear. Sometimes it's because you you can't make a pitch with more bounce and more life in it. Although you know, I, I was saying this yesterday in in Ralpindi in the first class matches that have been played this season, there have been lots of results and quite low scores. So, and, and I've seen a picture, a photograph of a, of a green pitch. Um, which you know, presumably, which has helped the bowlers. So, you know, it's possible to to make something that you know gives something to the bowlers. I think sure, you know, what you're you sure that's true. I mean, may, maybe it was an Instagram filter on the on the pitch. <laughs> no, no, it definitely it was. was. It was a it was a it was a green pitch. Yeah, and you know, and you know, a, a few days out in this game, that you know, there was some green around, and then it gets you know, it just turns into a, a, a brown surface and you know, absolutely flat. I mean. The, the batters like it, don't they? I think you know. The, well, and the you batters talk about to batters. I mean, the, the man who's absolutely capitalised on it, Harry Brook, today twenty-seven off and over, beating the previous record for an England batsman, which he set the previous day, twenty-four off and over. So remarkable. So fifty-one runs off two overs from Harry Brook, bat his batting. Wow. I mean, amazing. And and it was a fantastic display of clean hitting. Against a decent bowler today, the the leg spinner. So, I mean, he's a, he's he is an absolute star. Not in the making, he already is a star. One of those sixes was hit with one leg off the ground, a bit like a sort of hint of Kevin Peterson there. That sort of flamingo shot he played in in the the, the, the early part of his career. He is just a, an absolutely supreme talent. And funnily enough. I heard today his coach on radio, Martin Spate, who I played with and against uh, a, a little bit. Uh, he played for Sussex uh, primarily. He was a dasher. He was a he was before his time. He was ahead of his time as a player, and I'm not surprised that he's produced or helped to produce at Sedbergh School uh, another player who's ahead of his time because Harry Brook has. You talk about players that can play all formats and how difficult that would be now. He doesn't look as if he's got a problem. I mean, maybe when he comes up against swing bowling in in English conditions or spin bowling in Indian conditions, he might have a, a little bit of difficulty. But the trouble is he's got so much range. And you get a, a leg spinner thinking, well, I can dry up the runs by going round the wicket and heading it into the rough, landing it in the rough. Well, firstly, it wasn't any rough. But secondly, Harry Brooks got so many shots, reverse sweeps and switch hits and stuff that that method of attack doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, you want to judge a player, don't you, uh, when they, you know, with a bit bigger body of work, more surfaces against different countries. Uh, uh, you know, totally that is, is the case. But, I mean, there's enough evidence there. And we, and we thought this before, you know, he even started his test career, didn't we, we when we've seen him, that this, he's got something, definitely. And, you know, England, uh, I think, wanted to get him in during the summer, but there was no gap for him in that side in the summer finally he got his chance because of the injury to Johnny Bairstow I mean there were some who were saying he shouldn't have played in this test match because England needed more bowling options and you know Livingston back higher up the order and that they can therefore play someone like Jamie Overton but I mean he actually top scored and 
hit the ball so sweetly. And yeah, there'll be tougher days for him. Of course, they were, and, and you know, he had a tough time in the World T20, didn't he? He, he wasn't uh, that fluent. Uh, there, you know, there were just flashes of his ability, but he played really well in Pakistan in the T20s, and he uh, batted magnificently yesterday and today. And you know, the, the point is, of course, he's going to improve. I mean, he's, he's only young now, so you know, what's he going to be like in three or four years when he's had that? Uh, experience against all sorts of different attacks in in all sorts of different uh, conditions. You know, he's, you're you're right. He is he he is one for the future, but he's also clearly uh, one for the present as well. He's and in, 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 lucky to have these these batting talents. Uh, you, you need to keep producing them, don't you? Otherwise, you you can just fall down the the pecking order in in world international cricket. I suppose what they do need to do is find some bowlers, don't they? Now, uh, uh, some outstanding uh, young bowlers, and one or two of them are. Are unfit, you know, but a couple are moving towards the end in Stuart Broad and, and Jimmy Anderson. Mark Wood's got those, you know, fitness question marks over him. Uh, Chris Wokes is sort of moving more towards the end of his career as well. So you need, you do need some young, talented bowlers to to come in. You can see why they, they so want Jofra Archer to regain his fitness because he is a special talent. And yeah, you're right, and and you know some young spinners as well because. Yeah, I, I was quite interested to see how Will Jacks went today. He hasn't got much of a first-class record bowling-wise so far. I think he's got 21 wickets at about 50 right. apiece. So, you know, he hasn't got great pretensions to be a bowler yet. There's some signs there that there, there's some talent. You know, he, he, he floats the ball up well. He's got quite a nice action. I think probably like many modern spinners, he's slightly beyond the, the perpendicular, which means he doesn't get that drift away quite as much as, as it would be ideal, so, as someone like Joe Root does. But he, he landed a few. He's quite a slow spinner at the moment, and he might need to find a way of, of, of pushing it through a bit more. But, I, you know, it's, it's, I, I feel sorry for Jack Leach because, you know, he has so little to work with on this pitch and many pitches he plays on. But there's just not enough on the ball from him. He's a, he's a nice, steady, reliable bowler, but he doesn't get enough real dip. In When a, a decent player comes down the wicket to him, they don't seem to ever struggle to get to the pitch. And that's a sign that a, a spinner is not really getting quite enough revs on the ball to get the ball to drop out of the batsman's reach and cause a mishit. Generally speaking, Jack Leach doesn't quite get enough overspin on the ball to, to make the top spin get that dip that makes it difficult for him to play. Obviously, it's a difficult pitch for, for everybody to bowl on. There's absolutely nothing there. Stokes did his best to hammer something out of it with some short pitch bowling. I was quite interested to watch uh, the way they, you know, playing kind of the, the subcontinental game. They only gave the opening pair, what, three or two, three or three overs each, and then straight into the spinners and come back with the seamers after 30 overs, hoping for some reverse swing. But even that, Really didn't appear, didn't materialise much today. No, I didn't seem to be much around for you know for any of the bowlers. I mean, there were sort of half moments for England. Well, there was there was one chance when uh, Imam Im Hack uh, we think got a little nibble on on one from Jack Leach outside the off stump, and it was put down by Ollie Pope. And there's one thing we were saying yesterday, wasn't it? If you play a, a, a not a frontline wicketkeeper on a, you know, subcontinental pitches, you, the spinners are in the game more, so the wicketkeeper is in the game more. And Ollie Pope put that down. We, I, th I think it was an outside edge. And they put the ultra edge on it, the ultra edge technology. And there was a, a little murmur there. 
and his, his bat was quite close to his pad. But I think the general view was in the television box was that he had got a, a feather through and Pope dropped the catch and Imam uh, was reprieved on 11. There was another one as well. Pope was actually to the fore, wasn't he, with these? There was a, a, st a potential stumping opportunity against Shafiq, against Jax's bowling. And Jax threw it up wide and Shafiq went for the drive and missed it. And Oli Pope just took a while to get the ball into his gloves and the back foot was out of the crease. And by the time he got the ball onto the stumps, the back foot was back. And then there was the incident where Pope dived away to his left after one down the leg side from Jimmy Anderson that definitely took the glove of, of Shafiq and England claimed the catch and actually the umpires gave it out on the soft signal but the replay showed I think it, it definitely was a, a half volley Maria Erasmus yeah I think there's a it's bounced there who knows uh, if folks have been behind the stumps he, you know he's just more used to moving away to his left and right he might have been able to take the stumping take the catch and take the, the catch down the leg side as well so you know England have Missed, I think, folks behind the stumps today. Uh, they, they might have had a wicket or two if he'd been there. But yeah, that's, that's not to detract from Ollie Pope because you know, it's not an easy job, is it, to come in, be a part-time wicketkeeper, come in and, and, and try and do a job in a, a situation like he's, he's finding himself. Yeah, I thought it was a brilliant take down the leg side, actually, off Anderson, which, which nearly caused a, a wicket. And in the end, the, the TV replay showed, as you say, that it didn't carry quite or he touched the ground with the ball. But... Yeah, he did pretty well. I was in, I was interested to watch the way Anderson bowled today. His development in subcontinental conditions has has been obvious over the last five to ten years, and I think he averages only twenty per wicket now in foreign conditions like these. So you know he's really worked on his skills, and it was good to see. He tried to bowl the reverse swing deliveries, and then he put but but he mixed it up with the odd short ball as well which you do need to do to just keep the batsman slightly guessing. Reverse swing is a, is a word and a, a phrase which is banded about randomly, especially when uh, cricket is going on in Pakistan because they are seen as the sort of pioneers and uh, real kind of architects of it. And you, you, you get the opportunity to bowl it probably more often in Pakistan than most countries because of the abrasive surfaces which cause the ball to get worn on one side and gradually start to reverse swing, in other words, swing in the opposite direction to, to a normal conventional swing. Actually, I found out on my my one trip to Pakistan from interviewing Imran Khan before he was prime minister, that in fact, the guy who discovered reverse swing really was Australian. It was actually Dennis Lilly in the nineteen mid-1970s playing at Melbourne, which again is can be or used to be quite an abrasive surface, especially later on in the game. And there's a, a well-known match in Melbourne in at the beginning of 1977, 1st of January, I think it was, 1977, in which Lily couldn't get any wickets with the new ball. But when the ball got scratched up and, you know, slight, slightly worn, he found it was swinging in reverse in other words, he was holding it for an outswinger and it was swinging in and he got about six wickets. And Imran was playing in that test match and was one of his victims. And basically, he Imran said, he asked him after the game, or even I think during the game, how did you do this? And Lily explained that he was using the ball swung round the other way or positioned round the other way to swing and, and making it swing really late. And Imran then exploited that in the same game. And took wickets later later in the innings, LBWs and bowls and so on. So if you look up that match, it was uh, Australia against Pakistan, first of January nineteen seventy seven. It is had all the hallmarks of reverse swing because faster bowlers are getting wickets 
late in the innings, LBWs and bowls. And, you know, so Imran, of course, then gleaned that message and used it in the West Indies and passed it on to Safraz Nawaz, who's often regarded as the sort of godfather of reverse swing. And he then passed it on to, to other Pakistani bowlers after that. But it was interesting that it came from an Australian source originally. So when you were playing in the 1980s, did people talk about reverse swing? If you talk about 1977, you know, what, what, so from my memory, it really was, it seemed like a more like a 90s phenomenon than an 80s I, phenomenon. I, I agree with that. And uh, it, it really came uh, to the fore in the 1992 test series, Pakistan, England in England, when Wacker and Wazim were absolutely in their pomp and kept destroying England from 120 for none to 160 all out, making the ball swing round corners. And there were allegations of ball tampering and so on during that series. But it was actually, I found, I sort of semi-discovered it in the mid-80s. Imran actually used to come to Lords to practice because he lived in, in London, even though he was playing for Sussex. He used to live in London and he'd come down to Lords for nets uh, quite often and sort of show us various skills with an old ball. And it was amazing to watch how he could swing an old ball. I kind of remembered sort of finding it, discovering how an old ball would swing the opposite way round about the mid 80s, round about that time. And other bowlers couldn't understand it. But they would run up and bowl for a, a convent, holding the ball for a conventional outswing and it kept swinging down the leg side the wrong way. And they'd say, why is this happening? And I'd say, look, just switch the ball round if you want to swing it away. I don't I don't get that. How's that going to be? How's that going to work? I, I had to kind of almost coach a couple of other bowlers. Norman Cowns was one, Neil Williams was another to actually hold it the other way around. We didn't call it reverse swing then. We just called it sort of swing old ball swing or something, and it only got called reverse swing a little bit later. Funnily enough, I was listening to Wakar Yunus today talking on commentary, and he said the same thing happened with him at Surrey with Martin Bicknell. Uh, often Wakar would, with the older ball, start swinging it, you know, absolutely deadly in-swingers, pinning people on their toes. It was called getting whackered. And Martin Bicknell bowling the other end would be trying to hold it for a normal outswinger and kept swinging it down the legs and couldn't understand why. And Wacker didn't have very good English at the time, so he wasn't able to explain it. <laughs> so you're getting wickets from one end and Martin Bicknell feeding leg stun bar volleys at the other. Yeah. I mean, the point about reverse swing is it doesn't guarantee wickets. People say, oh, yeah, you, we, oh, you've got to reverse swing it and you know, we're going to run through a side. It, it's not quite as straightforward as that. It just means you're getting the ball to do something, isn't it, in, in conditions that are inhospi inhospitable. So Jimmy Anderson might get the ball to reverse a bit, but it doesn't mean to say he's going to take a bag full of wickets. Mm, there's a couple of other things to say about it, actually. One is it, it works better if you're fast yeah. as opposed to fast medium. So... You can make it swing that much more and later if you've got a, a a very whippy action and also you let go of the ball with a slightly slingy action. Wakar had a slightly slingy action. Stokes is very good at reverse swing because his action is beyond the perpendicular again and mine was actually laterally as well. And the reason why that works is because the ball comes down slightly angled so the seam is sort of tilted slightly to the left at sort of nine o'clock and it, it makes the ball come down almost like a flying saucer or even a frisbee and that helps it to swing a bit later and and also more consistently hello 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, oh, for some movement of any kind. Off the pitch, spin, yeah. whatever. Yeah. On this surface in, in Raul Pindi. It's, it's funny, isn't it, with, with test matches. And, and you, you have got to be careful. You know, we've only had two days of the game. There's still three days left. And Pakistan are still a long way behind. You know, they're still 450 runs plus behind. You, you know, some... But it's just that feeling. There's no, there's no evidence so far to suggest a team is going to fold unless you know they, they play attacking cricket. And of the ten wickets that England lost, eight of them were to uh, aggressive or ultra aggressive shots. And only two players, I reckon, this game so far have been got out by the bowlers by good balls. And and one was uh, Zach Crawley, just tailed back in, didn't it, from Harris Rauf. And then Ollie Pope got one that nipped back a fraction from Muhammad Ali, and he was out LBW. But the rest have been, you know, out playing, out caught on the boundary, out sweeping, out reverse sweeping. Uh, so, you know, it's been it's been so difficult for the bowls. We might, <laughs> in the commentary box, we might be in for three quite tough days, you know. Uh, but, I mean, the game is still live, isn't it? And, you know, Pakistan, they could pile on the runs. They could really, you know, bat a long way. They could bat past England, actually, couldn't they? And... If they, if they were to bat for the next two days and a bit, you might find a situation where on the final day England have to bat to save the game. Uh, and who knows what the, the what sort of help the pitch will will be giving by then? It might do. It might be just doing enough to to help the spinners. On on the other hand, you know, you, it, it it doesn't have that feel about it. I mean, I, you know, I can remember. I mean, there was that famous Abu Dhabi Test match where both teams got 500, and it looked like a nailed-on draw. The pitch was flat, just like this one. And then Pakistan did fall in a heap in, in, on the final day in their second innings, and England needed 99 to win, and they couldn't quite get there because of the light. There was enough time left, enough overs left in the game, but the light was fading, and they had to walk off at something like 79 or 80 for for five, just short of their victory target. I remember a test match at Trent Bridge where the pitch, in England-India, I think 2014, where the pitch was so flat. That early in the game, you thought, hold on, this could, this could be a really dull draw. And it got lively on the last day, and then it did ultimately end in a draw. So these <laughs> these games, you, you think they're going to end in a draw, and they do ultimately, but sometimes there's some life in the game because, you know, we know with cricket that four or five balls can change a match uh, very quickly, uh, but the shortness of the game, the, the lack of light—that's uh, the problem. Yeah, isn't it, it is. That's the yeah. problem. The fact that you're losing, you know, ten to fifteen yeah. overs a day, and it, it just takes so much time to take wickets. 
in these conditions. OK, look, I know you've got to rush off in a minute because you're having dinner tonight at the British High Commission in Islamabad, right? Well, that we're having a, an informal social evening. Let's put it that way. It's, it's pizza and a few drinks is, is how it's sold. OK, well, that's, that's yeah. nice. That's yeah. nice. And it's a very modern building. It's a, it's a, it's a nice place. But well, I want a food update from you <laughs> because it's... it's um, Vegetarian gate again, isn't it? Well, but just a peculiar thing happened just an evening. I was I was feeling really tired after a, a long and yeah you know, quite exciting day yesterday. So I'll just have a bit of room, so I'll order myself a sandwich. Uh, uh, it was actually a smoked salmon and avocado sandwich I ordered, but of course it came with chicken, chicken. <laughs> a great slab of chicken. I thought I, I just. I'm, I'm, I really am going to have to be much more explicit. So after Chicken Gate the previous night, where my biryani came with chicken in it, despite the fact it was a nut biryani, uh, yeah, so last night the sandwich uh, came with chicken. I re- I'm really af- going to have to say no chicken. Ve- <laughs> vegetarian or pescatarian really does mean uh, pescatarian. You, uh, but that was my, I think that was my memory of Pakistan last time, actually, when I was here 26 years ago, that you know, it was a very meat-based culture, but it, it was almost as if chicken doesn't count as meat. And it, you know, it's, it's just put in the food and, uh, and off you go. Mind you, you, I remember one. It can't be much fun being a chicken in Pakistan, can it? <laughs> really? Well, I don't, well, to be fair, Yoz, I don't think it's much fun being a chicken anywhere. Um, well, you, or, if you're if you're an egg laying chicken, it's all right. Well, I suppose. But I suppose. it reminds me of an evening we spent in Guyana mm. a, a while back, where you took me to a meat restaurant. It was basically a meat restaurant, and you said to me, "Can't well, can't you just eat meat for the night?" <laughs> In your typically sensitive way, but you did introduce me to a very nice drink, which I do do occasionally when I get the chance to um, partake of. And what you Kuiper- won't be able to do tonight, you can't pronounce it, Kuiperinha, um, the Brazilian, Kuiperinha. Yeah, yeah, Kuiperinha, it's got, it's absolutely delicious. I'm sure lots of listeners have had it, but it, it's a Brazilian rum, white rum, which is called cachaca, and then you just put lime and very sugary sort of juice in it, basically, it's lime and, and tequila, basically. With a, with a lot of sugar, absolutely delicious, but a knockout, and four of those finishes you off for at least a day. Well, let's let's put it this way: on that night out, I didn't eat the meat, and so that was a bad thing. But on the plus side, I had a few drinks, so I probably didn't notice that I didn't eat the meat. If you sort of mean it, it was it it, it sustained me anyway. So it was it, you, your tips were half bad and half good. No, uh, no caipirinhas for you tonight uh, at the High Commission, but you might get a pint of Tetley's. Yeah, or, or I'm hoping a glass of wine. Uh, but actually, you know, you come to Pakistan, you, you do set yourself up. You know, you, my, your mindset is, you know, three weeks or whatever, three and a half weeks, no alcohol. And that's actually pre-Christmas. That's, that's probably a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, Although, it I is mean, a good lot- thing. But so, so no, no prospect of, of going to that hotel. Is, it, is the, the hotel in Peshawar the only one where you have to sign a chit saying you're an alcoholic and you can actually get alcohol at the bar? Well, the, the, I've been, I've stayed at that hotel. I think it's the Pearl Continental, but again, that was twenty-six years ago. Uh, that was actually, you know, we're having supposed to be having pizza tonight. That was the match in which Neil Smith had had a pizza the night before. Neil Smith was playing for England in the one-day international World Cup match against the UAE and was actually sick on the pitch. <laughs> and then I think, <laughs> so, I think it was captured, you know, on 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 TV, uh, not what you want to be doing. Anyway. Uh, well, let, yeah, let, let, let's hope... The Neil Smith, whose career I saved. Yeah, absolutely. He was about to be sacked in 1989 yeah. until I gave him a nice, juicy, slower ball, which he slogged into the 
nursery end seats and we lost the, the NatWest mm. final and his career was resurrected. Yeah, I'm very sorry for raising that. I, was, I, 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 well, I hadn't completely forgotten it, but I've, yeah, it just slipped my mind for a moment. That I've, I've raised a, a man who you probably still have nightmares about after that uh, last over at Lords. Yeah, very true. But, uh, you know, in a way, one person's loss is another person's gain. So Neil Smith, I mean, it wasn't England's gain. I don't think that he played for England in that World Cup. That, that was that World Cup where they had about they tried about eight different opening pairs and Atherton was, was in the, the, the ranks as an opening batsman there, wasn't he? But anyway, it, 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 we digress. Uh, back to back to this match and three days to go. What do you think? Well, it, it looks a big fat draw, doesn't it, really? That, that from, from this perspective, I'm sure from everybody's perspective as well. But cricket can throw up some some strange things. Even, I spoke to Nassim Shah tonight and he said, yeah, it does look draw, doesn't it? I mean, it's not often you get players who say that, you know, after two days. But, I mean, there must be feeling, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's damn hard work on this service. It really is a, a match for the batters. We've had... Uh, four centuries so far is every prospect will get two more and I wonder how many more we'll, we'll get in the rest of the game as well so there's a very good chance in the first half an hour tomorrow we're going to have six centuries in the match with the two openers uh, Poise, Shafiq and Imam who I thought played both of them played you know, really well they were under pressure you know facing 650 and then you, you think you know players like Baba Azam he must be licking his lips at the prospect of, of batting on that surface so you, you wouldn't I'd be surprised if we end up at 600s in this game, there's there's a, a, a lot of runs out there. Yeah, I mean, I wonder, we should get our um, statistician from the world's best cricket club, Pushka, to tell us what is the most centuries by both teams in one test match, actually. So we'll find that out and post it on Twitter. All right, listen, I'll let you go. You've got to go and see the High Commissioner. Be good, be nice, and we'll see you tomorrow. All the best, Yoz, and thanks very much for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.